everyone, and welcome to episode 401 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Fred Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Good morning, Richard. How are you this fine Monday? Good morning, Seth. <laughs> A surprise spoiler season. <laughs> oh, yes, it, it's Brothers War time already. Who would have thought? We we I think they started Brothers War spoilers like the day they finished Infinity spoilers, or maybe they were still going on. I don't even know anymore. But we got new magic cards to talk about, which is exciting. But before we get to that, we got another co-host in Krim. How are you today, Krim? Good to see you. Good morning. Uh, pretty excited. Lots of new things are going on in the world of magic. And wow. Uh, some of them are pr- like some pretty big news, actually. So I'm pretty excited to go over those things. Yeah, we have some really interesting topics to talk about, some interesting new cards to talk about. Before we talk about that, though, uh, we've started upgrading the podcast on the YouTube. So if you're someone that's listening on a podcast app and you want to actually see us, we got face cams now uh, on the YouTube. So check out the YouTube podcast if you want to see a video version of the podcast. As far as today's podcast, though, we got Brothers More News. We got serialized cards coming to Magic. We got Transformers. We got Pioneer Challenger decks. We got Starter Commander decks. And then fish mail, sort of all new product stuff. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. If you're tired of all the hassles that go into buy listing your cards, Card Conduit lets you skip them. You don't got to do all the typing and spend all the time and all the hard work. With their curated service, you can send in as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to put in a bit of effort on your end, you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which option you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed and right now you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish cardconduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so thanks to cardconduit for supporting the show and let's talk some magic and let's start with the big news we had a early sneak peek at brothers war full spoiler season for the set doesn't start until the end of october so we still got almost a month to go Uh, and then the set doesn't release until two weeks i think into october or into november rather because they're doing a a paper pre-release before digital release this time so sometime the middle of november but we have some pretty interesting and exciting new cards to talk about so richard let's talk some brothers war spoilers all right brothers war the next standard set uh, even though standard kind of just released mm-hmm. uh, we have urza Lord Protector, one white and a blue. Azorius 3 drop at a 2-4 legendary creature, human artificer. Artifacts, instants, and sorcery spells you cast cost one generic less. Seven generic mana. If you own both Urza, uh, Lord Protector, and an artifact named the Mightstone and Weakstone, exile them and meld them into Urza Planeswalker. Activate only as a sorcery. So uh, the Might Stone and the Weak Stone is a five-mana artifact, <laughs> legendary artifact, Power Stone. Uh, when the ETBs choose one, draw two. Target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. And then tap to add two colorless mana. This mana can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells. And finally, the Meld so you have these two things, you meld them together. The backside is Urza Planeswalker. Legendary Planeswalker Urza, you may activate loyalty abilities of Urza twice each turn rather than once. That's five loyalty abilities. <laughs> Plus two artifact instant and sorcery spells you cast this turn cost two generic less. You gain two life. Plus one, draw two cards, then discard a card. Zero, create two one one colorless soldier artifact creature tokens. Minus three, exile target non-land permanent. Minus ten artifacts and planeswalkers you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Destroy all non-land permanents. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so obviously, if you ever get to the Planeswalker part, this card is absurd. Like, the amount of text on that card, the amount of abilities, and you can do it twice each turn. Like, the Planeswalker probably is one of the strongest Planeswalkers that has ever been printed. 
Can you get to it though? That's gonna be the challenge with this. I think I'm like naturally skeptical of Meld because we've never actually seen Meld be a real build around outside of maybe limited. Like sure, people have melded before. You've had your Gisa and your Bruna or whatever and you get Brucella, but it's never been like, oh, this is my primary plan for the deck. Is this gonna work with Urza? Uh, I don't know. Neither half of the card. Well, I mean, I guess Urza in the Meek Stone and Mines, uh, Weak Stone and Might Stone, they're two separate cards, but neither one of them is actually all that good, I don't think, on their own. So you're really playing these like kind of medium cards in hopes of getting to the Planeswalker. I'm curious, what, uh, what do you guys think? Is this actually like a real thing or is this like a good against odds episode? I, I don't know, like, is, okay, so I, I think Urza, like, the creature half is just okay, right? Like, I mean, I, I don't know, I mean, do, do we care about a mana reduction? Uh, I, I mean, okay might even be pushing it for me, I, I'm not even sure if it's okay, like, okay might be its, its ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true, right? Like, it's just, and okay is like a best case scenario. Uh, the Might Stone and, uh, Weak Stone, I feel like, it's kind of a lot for five mana, right? Like, sure, you could think of it as maybe it comes back, like, it brings back, like, what? It, it makes it cost three mana, but still, I don't know. This this is like that weird Power Stone clause that is on Karn Living Legacy, right? And, and that, that means that we can only, what, cast artifact spells and spend it towards uh, activated abilities. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think Might Stone and Weak Stone... Would it be too much to ask for a five mana artifact to do both those things? Like draw two cards and give minus five, minus five to something? Draw two cards, kill a creature, and be a mana rock? What? Yeah, but like, but it has to, like, something has to make up for the fact that it's just, I don't know, it's kind of clunky. And it's not a real mana rock. Like, it's a very narrow mana rock. I think uh, power stones, we'll see. Maybe it'll shift with can, Brothers can, War. Can we know it's artifacts that, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it that's can. the yes. that's the gimmick. Like, the dream here is, turn three Urza, it gives a cost reduction to the Might Stone. So turn four, Might Stone and Weak Stone. And then turn five, you make your land drop. With the mana for Might Stone and Weak Stone, you have enough that you can flip it into Urza Planeswalker. Yeah. That this, does require is... two pieces and nothing to die and nothing to get countered and no removal spells. But in theory, you can do it on turn five. This is ridiculously broken. This is, like, the new top end of standard. No? Like... So people play Reckoner Bankbuster on turn two yep. and get away with it, right? They sit there and they just draw. Like, standard is, like, so slow and grindy that there's no, like, real aggro deck to take you down. And you just play these mid-range mirrors, and you can just dirtle around with a Mightstone and an Inerza and then flip them, and then the game is over, right? So I think this brings a real control deck into the format where you just dirtle around, and then it doesn't matter what exactly happens. You just Urza. And then you win, and then you can just loot away some of these like garbo garbage pieces that you know you don't need. But like a flifter is insane. Um, yeah, even if you have yeah. a removal for it, it's like double removal already, right? Like you can't let that Urza come down. That's well, true. Although, like, you can just kill the the creature side of Urza. Like, that would be my concern. Is it reminds me of uh, Nicobolus a Ravager a little bit? How it like you get this creature, you got to pay seven mana, and you flip into a pretty busted Planeswalker. When it works, it's insane. But when it doesn't work, you like spend seven mana, and your opponent casts like a Fatal Push or something, and then you just like cry and lose. So I'm a little concerned that that's gonna be the play pattern. Is like you do all this stuff, and you're like, ha ha, seven mana, flip my errors on your opponent's like, oh, an Infernal Grasp, like. GG, gotcha. I like I, I don't think this is anywhere near Ravager. I think Ravager is better on its own, right? Because it itself is a beefy body. Uh it flies and it actually kind of does something immediately when it enters, right? Yeah. Well, I was meaning more this... just the flipping part reminds me how you get to pay sure. seven at sorcery speed to flip it. Like uh, yeah, I think Nicole Blast Ravager is a better overall a better creature. You simply but, don't flip Urza if, if you think they have removal, right? Like, re remember, you're not just playing but, these. Like, you play, like, uh, Ow or something. You play Eigenjo. Like, you, you just, like, build up, like, your dirty white stuff that people are doing already. And then one time comes, you just play this, and then you win the game. Is Yeah. Is there an artifact control deck, right? Because that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, what's the shell around this? 
Uh, it's a Tesseract. bit early. Uh, like I mean, like legitimately, we have Tezzeret. You have the two mana or the three mana counterspell that you can reduce its cost if you tap an artifact. Uh, those are things that are in standard, right? You have Karn Living Legacy? Come on now, guys. <laughs> right. That's it. This is the piece. This is the piece. Right. The tower stones can be used for Urza. <laughs> right. I mean, that's true. Like, that is true. Uh, but yes. So, I don't know. It, the Might Stone and Weak Stone just... That, that card is clearly the better half of these two. Urza kind of sits and does nothing. Um, and you're asking, like, Urza to sit around against a black-dominated meta where there's just removal left and right. So, I don't know. That That's kind of rough, and it's asking for a lot. I think maybe, like, Richard's right, and it's like a late-game thing where you're not running this out on turn three, and you're trying to, like... Uh, maybe you're building up some power stones or whatever. And then in the late game, once you've, you know, kind of done your control stuff and you know your opponent doesn't have much going on, then you're just like, Urza, flip it, win the game, essentially. Like, maybe that's the play pattern. Because I can't imagine just running this out on turn three very often. I feel like that's not, like, the dream of just like, oh, turn five, Urza Planeswalker. That seems a little bit magical Christmas land to me. But maybe there is a role for it. And I do think, even though I'm kind of memeing about Karn, because I just don't think Karn's good, if Karn is a plant for what's happening in the Brothers War and we're going to get a bunch of what if power stones are like blood tokens or treasure tokens where we just have all these cards that are like, oh, you know, one mana, one, one ETB make a power stone because power stones like generally are pretty underpowered and pretty bad. Maybe they're costed that way and maybe they're super plentiful. Then if it's really easy to make those, then abilities like this become much more realistic. Like if you just accidentally have seven power stones, then you're like, oh, sure, like three mana, flip it using my power stone mana. Then it becomes a lot more exciting to me. That's still see you so guys much in the Urza up. meta. <laughs> <laughs> there better be a one man of four four haste or something in the format <laughs> to like give aggro something, right? Because if it's mid range fest and Urza comes to the party, it's uh it's gonna be a bad time. Everyone's gonna everyone's gonna play like blue tempo or something to try to get under this. But is, like, have you seen the planeswalker? It's insane. Is, is the planeswalker side the most powerful planeswalker? ever like no. is there another planeswalker that's more powerful than this just ability wise if you could tron this in <laughs> would you like is this like it's better than karn right is it better than ugin <laughs> probably not better i guess in tron it would probably be worse than ugin i bet but i think it's better oh, than karn okay. you get the karn ability plus you get to draw cards and stuff like you have the same yeah. negative exile ability oh okay. i mean oko is better because oko is like castable yeah yeah but but this thing ultimates in like one turn like you have one turn to do something right because it like plus 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 ultimate right yeah yeah that is true so and outside of removal it's gonna be so hard to get off the battlefield like make four soldiers kill a thing make a couple of soldiers kill a flyer make a couple of soldiers like there's so many ways that this just like protects itself so unless you have like a targeted planeswalker removal spell it is going to be ridiculously tough to actually deal with if it flips I like it. I, it's Urza. It's Urza. It should it be, powerful. be powerful. It should it should be powerful, yeah. It should remove the non-land clause. I'm just saying. I, that was <laughs> oh, my first yeah. thought, but then I was like, after thinking about it and thinking about how what Richard said, that you can get there in one turn, maybe that would be miserable. <laughs> if you ultimate it, you're dead anyway. Like, I mean, might as well just take the lands for flavor purposes. Yeah. Right? yeah, just, <laughs> like, yeah. What's, what's the point of this? Um, I don't know. I I still think this is a bit underwhelming. So like for not not the the backside obviously is like solid, but like the to get there, it's kind of asking for a lot. Maybe maybe like it's a bit early. Obviously, this comes down to what like comes out in the set and what artifacts uh, exist, and if a blue white artifact control deck could exist. Also playing a different meta, man. It's so (laughs) people like. Bankbuster Reckoner, Wedding Ring, uh, like nothing that, is going on. Like you just slapped us down with eight though. mana. <laughs> like. Yeah, like Bankbuster, you can actually play because it's two mana and does something. Gets around a lot. Like like example, just the basic creature removal. It doesn't get like you know dunked on by Invoke Despair. Like the, these are just things that you know like that are just you know that it gets around right and it accrues value yeah. over time. This is not exactly the same thing. But I'm just saying it's so slow. Like, you, you think of this as seven mana, but, oh. like, standard start, like, you know, standard right now goes 
you know, you start playing at like five mana or something, right? Like the early turns don't matter. If you play creatures, they do nothing. And everyone just is going like super grindy and late. So I feel Urza's going to come and play the smackdown on these mid-range decks. I'm coming around to the idea that as a late game play, it's going to be good. Like, I think there is a home for this. And I think it'll make more sense once we see the rest of the set and the rest of the support. Because right now, like, we just don't have much artifact support. We've run into this talking about Karn Living Legacy, even though Karn is not very powerful, but all of its abilities are just, like, so artifacting and power stoning. You're just like, what is there to do with these power stones in standard now? There's really nothing. What are you ramping into some seven-mana vehicle, like, common vehicle that no one's ever seen before? Like, there's just nothing to do with it. But I think those type of things are going to make a lot more sense once we get the rest of Brothers more. Also... I guess card's going to be kind of busted in Commander. Not because it turns into a Planeswalker, although you can do that, but it seems really easy to combo with. All the, like, Sensei's Divining Top combos, where you can, like, Future Sight or something like that, Reality Chip to play it off the top of your deck. This gives you the cost reduction, so I feel like this is going to be a very powerful infinite combo Commander, where you get one of the combo pieces just chilling in your command zone, essentially. I'm also ignoring the fact that that's a Mana Rock. <laughs> but it's, it's just like their turn four children you're like okay cool turn five might stone <laughs> kill the children right it, like we're at parody but i'm about to combo off right so it if is there's nice. any synergy with artifacts this card will be insane right like it if you nice. actually have something to do with that mana it is nice that it hits shield red that actually is a pretty big deal in current standard yep all right um there are other cards should we talk about other cards I'm actually curious. There's, there's one there's one card. There's a callback I want to ask you guys about. Mishra's Foundry. Uh, it's a land. It's a It adds a colorless. You pay two. It becomes a 2-2 assembly worker artifact creature until end of turn. It's still a land. One and a tap. Target attacking assembly worker gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. This is like the fixedest Mishra's Factory that we've ever seen. Like it is fixed in so many ways. You can't so do the it, like it's two, block and pump trick. It's yeah. two to activate instead of one two to, to activate. activate. It blocks as a two two instead of a three three. But you can somehow chain these <laughs> together into a big attacker. We don't have any creature lands in standard. Is this playable? Oh, is, this, is this useful? Oh, this is that's a great yeah. standard. I think yeah, this will be like played. legitimately yeah. very good. Uh, it, this, the bar's just not high in standard for creature lands. I think like if you're a creature land and you're halfway decent, you're probably going to see a lot of play. And it seems to naturally fit into like mono black. Like why wouldn't you? There's just not a lot of ways to get value out of your lands. People are playing. I don't know if you've seen this. Um, Cryptic Spires is that the name of the card? Whatever the like horrible five color scry land is, people are playing playsets <laughs> of those in their mono black deck just because there's so few ways to get any value out of your lands. So I think this is like an easy four of in mono color decks and even some two color decks in standard. I think it's going to be all over the. If anything, I'm worried it's going to be too good. Like I think it's going to be really good. I mean, it this yeah this card is going to be super sweet uh, in the standard format and. Uh, much for the reasons that Seth had mentioned, but on top of that, we had talked about power stones and the things that it, it like you can spend the mana towards. And one of those things is activated abilities. So I don't know, like th this, this is going to be something that is definitely going to go into that artifact deck or that power stone deck. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Karn Karn... Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that, but like, I do think that like the, it is going to go into an artifact deck, right? Like there's just no way you don't you don't play this in an artifact deck. I think another really sneaky option where this might have a huge impact is we've kind of been talking about how there's not much aggro in standard because they just get wrecked by like meat hooks and stuff. Creature lands are one of the best ways for aggro decks to survive sweepers. Like you force through your damage with your little red creatures or whatever. And then your opponent Mihook massacres away your board. And you're like, well, I got a couple of foundries left over. Like maybe I can chip in these last few points of damage and close out the game. So I wonder if this is going to be a big enough boost to make those aggro decks, monocolored aggro decks, actually playable again. Something like mono white humans or mono red aggro, things like that. I think that's. That's maybe what I'm hoping for most, that maybe this is a card that makes aggro into an actual thing in our current standard format. Yeah. I mean, again, we just definitely, like, if you're playing aggro decks, you definitely need the help right now. So oh. mm -hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't I don't know if Mishra's Foundry is enough to swing past a Shialdred and all that stuff. But, like, <laughs> like yeah, like, it is, it is something that aggro decks need. This thing needs to be a 6-6 six, six death toucher. 
strike. <laughs> first, first strike, strike. Death touch. Yeah, he still trades with children. It's still not good enough. Um, I, I don't know if this is the help we need, but <laughs> it's interesting because if you play a two-color deck or three-color deck, will you really play this? Um, so it's just for monocolor decks, and maybe you're better off going Gruul or something instead of just playing mono-red. So it'll be interesting to see what cards are in Brothers War to see... Um, if we use this, or if control decks use this as a defensive option, like it's still a two-two blocker, it's still a thing, right? So yeah, maybe it's not an aggro card, but an actual defensive card. Or maybe assembly workers are a supported tribe, and this is like the nuts. You're just pumping all your stuff. And <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask you guys about one other, one other card before we move on, because I'm like super high on this card, and I don't know if I'm misguided. It's the random uncommon that they spoiled, Recruitment Officer, just a Savannah Alliance, one mana, two, one, human soldier, but you can pay four mana, three and a white, look at the top four cards of your library, reveal a creature mana value, three or less, put it in your hand, the rest go on the bottom. I feel like this card's really, really strong. Like, it's one of those one drops that you got the good aggro stats, the Savannah Lion stats for turn one, but then it's not embarrassing to top deck it on turn five or turn six when you're empty handed because you're like, oh, I got a mana sink. I can, you know, dig through my deck to find something else. I feel like this card is at least great in standard, and I'm kind of considering it in like historic, pioneer. I don't know if it can break into modern humans. Then you're competing with noble hierarchs and stuff, but I feel like in human tribal decks, at least back to pioneer. This is probably good enough, right? Like, is is this a straight up like standard slash pioneer playable one drop in humans and or soldiers? I think that it is definitely a standard uh, like playable card. Um, but it, it just seems like we kind of know when we were talking about it uh, around Dominaria United, uh, 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 you know, spoiler season. Mono White just doesn't have that many good one drops. You have the whatever the, like what what's the one drop that's available right now the one two that has a uh, mentor hopeful like, yeah. initi- hopeful initiate yeah. i think is the good one yeah that's all we have right now oh, yeah, so seen sad people play the pilot I, as a one man a two one with oh, the oh god i i shot mechanic <laughs> oh, oh yeah. god people, people play yeah. that right We're, a one man a two one is needed yeah. right and they'll play it even if it has like no abilities and soldiers literally don't have a one drop. I wanted to build soldier tribal after we got the new soldier lord, and there literally is not a playable soldier one drop at all. So I think it's helpful there too. How good is it, Richard? You're you're the white aggro player. It's insane, right? So I'll, I'll tell you the cheat code for standard. Uh, if you have nothing going on, just hold up four mana with double white, and all <laughs> attacks will stop because everyone will play around the wandering emperor. <laughs> true. Right now, you can actually activate recruitment <laughs> officer if you actually have nothing going on. Right. Um, so I think this is actually insane. And people play hotshot mechanic like it's sad. Right. So <laughs> this is a strict upgrade. Um, it, it comes back with Eigenjo. It comes back with uh, Sarah Paragon. Uh, it draws cards. I, I think if if people play white, uh, this this will be in there. Um, but I don't know. Like, will this do anything against Urza? I don't know. Right. <laughs> so it depends <laughs> what the meta is. But if there's a white aggro deck, definitely a recruitment officer uh, will show off. Anyway, those are the Brothers War cards, at least the main set ones. You can see them all over on mtgpreviews.com. We got a little gap until we get back to spoiler season, but we got some other Brothers War news that I think is kind of interesting. So one of the things that Wizards announced with this big stream is they're essentially bringing back mystical archives, but instead of being spells like in Strixhaven, they're all going to be old border artifacts. So we're getting a bunch of old brown border artifacts. We've seen like Ivory Tower, Lodestone Golem, Jalem Tome, Worm Coil Engine, uh, and a bunch more are coming. It's one of those, like you get one in every pack. It's basically exactly Strixhaven Mystical Archives, except there's one twist. They are adding serialized cards, numbered X of 500 into collector boosters. They're the same brown border artifacts, but they have the schematic treatment, kind of one of the showcase treatments from the set. And they have a special foiling process, rainbow foiling, I think they're calling it. But they're gonna be numbered one to 500. How big of a deal is serialized cards coming to Magic? I know we've joked on the podcast for a while about Wizards heading this direction and how it was inevitable and like getting, you know, Mark Rosewater's toenail clippings or whatever as a one of one, things like that. It's happening, right? Like this is the first actual step towards these super scarce, super low supply promo style cards. What do you think about the the serialized cards? I I love the idea of that, right? Like that's that's fun. It adds to the whole like you know collector's booster experience. Um, I 
am very concerned about what a rainbow foiling is. <laughs> like, like that, that is, that thing makes me sweat and stress to no end. Like, I'm just like, oh no, uh, this could be the worst foiling I've ever seen in my life, right? Like, like I, I'm hoping it's not, but if it comes out looking like a sticker or, or it comes out looking like how, like from the vault was, and if it curls somehow worse than what's already out there, I'm going to be very worried. However, the numbered aspect of it, the old border obviously adds the collectib- adds to the collectability and whatnot. I personally, old borders don't do too much for me. I more so love the fact that it's just numbered. I think that adds to the the collectible experience. Yeah, the the art, the the schematic blueprint looking art is pretty cool. Uh, numbers, I don't understand the appeal like what's the point of buying number 102 of 500 for like two thousand dollars like how much is viscerous here like a couple thousand right yeah, yeah. That, they don't sell very often but the the most recent ones were 3.5 and 4k so yeah. they're super like, but those are one of 100 one, yeah if you get a one of 500 or something right or a 420 of 500 i can, you know, <laughs> I can see it i can see it happening right but it's the same art as everything else it's it's not the same as owning like an original Black Lotus where there's like some historical value or something, right? It's just arbitrary number. And uh, I'm afraid of the bubble, right? Like you spend $2,000 on this card. Where will magic be in a couple of years? Will this thing be worth $50? Or, you know, like it's a little scary, right? So I'm not sure how well received it'll be. And there will be a lot of schematic cards, right? Like there's only 500 worm coils, but there will be like for every mystical archive there'll be a schematic version right is that it's, it's that's what it sounds like i'm not sure if that was explicit but yeah i believe that that's what they're doing yeah yeah and i don't know what this means for the price of boxes does this mean like everything else is dirt cheap because the price is eaten up by these schematics hopefully uh, so it's like super lottery now <laughs> like each <laughs> box is worth zero or like five thousand uh, dollars i'm not sure so i guess we'll see how it plays out <laughs> I wonder if this will let us reverse engineer how many collector boosters they sell. Because if we know there's only 500 of each, and we know the percent that they show up in collector boosters, couldn't we, like, figure out roughly how many they printed or exactly how many they printed? Will they give us the percentage? They must, right? I feel like they have to legally in some places. So I think that we should get a percentage. So we might actually be able to figure out, like, print run information that would be interesting. I'm curious how much they're going to cost. On one hand, Viserys here is like super expensive. On the other hand, I don't know. There's going to be a ton of this art running around. Like if you look at the worm coil, the only difference is it has a different foiling compared to the other blueprint schematic card, which is going to show up in normal booster packs. And there's going to be a ton of them. Maybe it's actually not that expensive because it just doesn't look that unique. I'm, I have no idea what to expect with these. I'm sure it'll command a premium of some, uh, to some extent, but I'm not expecting it to be uh, Viserys here prices. I just, I'm not sure it's unique enough for that. I think like if you're a player, like collectors might be interested, but if you're a player, are you really going to pay a thousand dollars for the rainbow foil X of whatever, when you can pay $20 and get the exact same art, just not with the numbering and in the same foiling process. I don't think many players would do that. No, I don't, I don't think it's, but will there be 500 players? (laughs) Like all you need is two people to compete for 420 or 500. And it's like, ten thousand dollars right and you know someone's yeah. gonna gonna want to play set because they're actually gonna play them in their whatever deck and they're buying four of the 500 like that's a big percentage if there's only 500 oh, okay. in existence. so if, if you were post malone okay you're like <laughs> 420 of 500 yeah. 69 of 500 <laughs> one of 500 and 500 of 500 that's the that's the holy grail play those set are the big the ones yes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or your whole I'm, deck is just 420 or 500. Like, you got to get every 420 in existence. <laughs> I mean, not bad. It, that would be cheap compared to buying $800,000 Black Lotus. So, I'm sure there will be people. Like, there's Magic players who just have a lot of money. <laughs> like, there are some people where it's, it's really not going to be a big deal to buy the ones that they want. So, maybe that'll keep the prices up. It'll definitely be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see how far down the path we go. That's the other question. Like, are we going to get one of one cards? Like that's a big thing in, in sports card collecting. Like, yeah, they have one of five hundreds, but they also have like literal one of ones that have Jersey clips in them and pieces of basketballs and ridiculous stuff like that. Like, are are we going to keep going down this path to an even extreme, more extreme, you know, serialized card, which 
I would guess so, because that's what sports cards does and makes a ton of money doing so. Can you go up? Like, let's say this is like really popular, and then next set they're like, "Well, it's X of one thousand. Or is yeah. that like a, a big no no? <laughs> like, you can't re- you can't do that. I, hope I think not. I think they could do whatever they wanted, but I I don't know how it would be received by the community if they started making them more common. I also think that this means they basically can't reprint them, right? Like you can't you can't do one of five hundred and then reprint that same art. Like that would be. But I think that's how they would like. I mean, the fact that they put it in a special border and they numbered it is why they can reprint it, right? Because it's a different version. Yeah, it's the uh, non-rainbow foil. Like it's right. literally in the same set, the reprinted version, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, they, okay. They, the 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 precedence is Elish Norn Phyrexian, right? They're like, oh, they would never, they would never reprint this, and then they just like literally reprinted it, right? I think I wish it was more different. Like, uh, if there were 500 Phyrexian Elish Norns in existence, and all the rest of them were normal language, uh, whatever, you know, language, that would be epic and really expensive. I'm not sure that just rainbow foiling is enough to really get me super hyped over serialized cards, though. I kind of think they should have their own art rather than just a, a foiling process. Yep. Anyway, those are those are the serialized cards only in collector boosters. Although everyone loved Mystical Archives, that was a really sweet addition to Strixhaven, and I'm looking forward to just like the normal versions of these, getting one in every pack, like we did with the Mystical Archives. Uh, super super cool, and that also means a lot of new cards coming to Arena, which is kind of a, this means Worm Coil in Historic theoretically, Lodestone Golem in Historic, uh, Wizards might preman some stuff, but in general, these cards are also be on Arena for the first time, which is cool, but. Anyway, let's keep moving on. We got so many topics today. The other big news was Wizards announced the Pioneer Challenger decks for 2022. This is the second run of Pioneer Challenger decks. Richard, what archetypes are we getting in these decks? All right. So Pioneer Challenger decks are available on the website. Uh, There's also a Game Night deck list, but we're not going to talk about those. (laughs) Uh, But Pioneer Challenger decks. Is it Phoenix? Uh, featuring Expressive Iteration, the band card, and you can play Expressive Iteration if you play exactly uh, this Is It Phoenix Pioneer Challenger decklist. Uh, Demir Control, uh, Gruul Stompy, and Orzov Humans. What do you think like, of these decks, Krim? What, uh, what do you, what's your take on them? I, I do think that uh, some of these decks make sense. Uh, I'm curious to see... Th- the phoenix deck right i mean like the the phoenix deck is for the most part exactly just what like the the list is you just move like a few of the numbers around get arc light up to four and you will still have to add uh uh whatever the new two drop is from from capenna that is like ledger shredder ledger shredder there it is i don't know why i can't remember the name of that uh but yeah like the blue black deck i don't really know if that one is (laughs) that amazing but that's a crim pile uh, right there it but like what like i I don't know i feel like (laughs) the blue black deck should you could easily get a full blue black deck uh i mean this i i don't know i i like probably the humans deck the most (laughs) if i'm being honest with you but like are humans good that's the thing. Like, like why? Why? Like, rally the ranks is a bit ambitious. Uh, like all of that, but I don't know. I like the humans deck. I think the Stompy deck is like okay. I don't. I haven't seen Mizium Mortars played ever, so <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the Phoenix deck that's probably the best out of box, and well, you get to play with really? a band card. I yeah. I actually like think the Phoenix deck has got to be one of the worst out of the box because it has two Phoenixes. Like to me, that's like yeah. <laughs> to the point where I'm like, Wizards, why did you even do this? Like, if you can only put two of the literal namesake card in the deck because they're too expensive, maybe it's worth just choosing another archetype. Like and two Phoenix Phoenix is just hilarious to me. And Thing in the Ice is the other like big four of creature in the deck, and that's a two of two. So I I kind of question them even adding Phoenix and not choosing something else i do agree that i think that the humans deck to me looks like the most solid and i think the gruel deck i mean you go a long way in pioneer just playing the eight one mana mana dorks outfish mystic lana where i was like the who cares what you're ramping into like you're probably gonna win some games by just casting your stuff ahead of time even if your deck list isn't optimal in control 
it seems tough. Like, how do you build a Drago control deck a year or two ahead of time for a meta that is going to shift a ton in that? Because control is so much about having, like, the right answers for this specific meta, the right card for this matchup. It seems like a, a very tall task to be able to build a, a Drago control precon and have it still be relevant a year later. It looks fine, but I, I don't know if it matches up super well with the meta. What do you it think? It does. Richard? It does, because you can find whatever answer you need with those Temple of Deceits. That's uh, Wizards <laughs> does love putting temples in precons, don't they? <laughs> they need to stop. They need to stop that. that, that that's a full four. By the way, there's a full four copies of that. Let's say you're a standard player and you have the full pioneer mana base, okay? You buy two Is It Phoenix decks, and boom, now you have four of Phoenixes and four of Thing in the Ice. That's true. Uh, that I actually mean, is true. I mean, that, that is the deck. The deck is just those cards and then a real mana base. Uh, we don't have the real mana base <laughs> in these decks. One Steam Vents. If you buy four of them, you get your playset of a Shockland. <laughs> oh, my God. But, <laughs> but then do you need that? Because then you have What's the MSRP on these? So these are, MSRP. these are selling for roughly $50 a piece. I think if you buy all four together, you can get a bit of a, bit of a discount, but they're right about 45 to 55 they're going I for. I mean, they're serviceable decks for 50 bucks. Like, what are you... Like, what, yeah. like, what are you really expecting here, right? And you're... Uh, they give the flavor of the deck. You're still doing Phoenix things just inconsistently, right? Uh, with bad mana, but... Uh, I don't know. It's it's okay. Any, any thoughts on buying multiple decks to make a deck? Like... I, I would do that for standard, right? But uh, I would consider that for Phoenix, maybe. If you look at like a tier Phoenix list, it's coming in at like four hundred plus dollars. Although a lot of that is the mana base, like probably two hundred plus dollars is the mana base and sideboard. But you do really get pretty much all the expensive creatures and spells if you buy two copies of this and then you just slowly work on upgrading the mana base the other ones i don't think there's much of a reason to buy two copies of like they kind of are what they are you already got four ofs of most of your big things you can upgrade them in other ways but the phoenix one i would consider if phoenix is something that you want to play and it seems fine from a value perspective just like the two thing lights is 26 bucks the two arc lights 18 bucks the steam vents are 20 bucks so if you buy two of those for a hundred bucks i think financially you're in fine shape and i think that's true of all these decks really like at 50 bucks you can't really go wrong from a value perspective at current prices like things are going to come down but all of them you're getting more than 50 dollars worth of good cards essentially it's not like it's super inflated by a bunch of cheap commons that are adding up or something like just the staple cards are adding up to 50 bucks or whatever so they seem like fine buys if you want to get into the format you can buy one you can buy one to go play it in fnm or lgs which one are you picking i mean i you're, you're not wrong uh the Grohl deck being able to just have the eight mana dorks you know, that that that's probably gonna be the most aggressive thing you can like start with, right? And then just go into what Love Struck. The problem here is that it it kinda sucks on the three drop slot. Yeah, a little <laughs> little weak with the double adventure creatures as only three drops. They're good cards, but yeah. Right. I don't know, maybe the humans. I, uh, you have the you have four Thalia's lieutenants. You you even have four concealed courtyards. Oh my god. The man is actually uh, like kinda decent ish yeah. in that one i i think it's got to be the humans one if i just wanted to pick one up to play yeah it, it's probably that i don't think you go wrong with luminarch aspirant and thalias, <laughs> yeah like all the thalias um that's or maybe phoenix it. i think phoenix is still you think you could win with that deck out of the box? With okay, if you, if you draw your nicest. phoenixes isn't it the same as like a real deck it's just <laughs> Yeah, just if no. you start with the phoenixes, <laughs> if you if you can find I mean, them, but if they're both I, in your like bottom fifteen cards, you're gonna be so sad. <laughs> I'm a little. Concerned. You have expressive iteration. It's banned, Seth. You know how strong <laughs> that card is. It's banned, and you can play it. Uh, that is I, that is quite fun. That that reminds is it me enough of to uh, carry the whole archetype. <laughs> I I would also go humans, I think. I think if I was going to tier rank them out of the box, I would go humans, gruel. Yeah. I don't even know. 
control Phoenix. I'm very skeptical. Oh, you're putting of control Phoenix over Phoenix? Phoenix? <laughs> I'm very skeptical of having two Phoenixes. If you combine two of them together, it's probably the best one. If I could buy two of each, Phoenix would be S tier. That would be the top tier one. But with only <laughs> one, I don't know how you're going to kill people <laughs> with only two Phoenixes. You're going to find it with expressive Seth, iteration. Seth, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I play Phoenix decks, I don't even I don't even see any of them, and I have four. So, uh, like you know, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Business as usual. I guess that doesn't um, make any difference then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back back to it. Uh, but in all honesty, I think it, it's humans, Phoenix, Grohl, and then Control. I mean, come on, four Temple of Deceits. That's just painful. That's disrespectful. <laughs> that's just straight up disrespectful. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope they keep doing this. Pioneer's been on the rise in the past year, and I, I like that they're offering players a reasonable starting point. Do I think you could take this in 5-0 League on Magic Online with these decks? You'd have to get really lucky. I think it's possible if you get super lucky. I don't think they're, like, super-duper competitive, but I think they're competitive enough if you want to take the plunge and go to an FNM or something. I think you would not be embarrassed to play any of these decks at an FNM. Maybe the control one, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't think you'd be embarrassed to play any of them uh, at an FNM, and you'd probably get some wins with them. So, Well, speaking of pre-cons, we got one other bit of pre-con news, which I'm actually super hyped about, which is Wizards is printing starter commander decks coming the beginning of December of this year. So in a couple of months, they are full-on commander pre-cons, except they're intentionally geared for new players, for people just starting in the commander format. Uh We've been talking for the last couple of weeks about complexity creep. Uh, I think the new unset really highlighted this, which is how complex it is, how many mechanics there are. And one of the questions we had on last week's podcast was, how do you new players get into Commander, this very complicated format? Is there a way for them to do it, or is it just getting too difficult? And Wizards kind of came up with the answer the very next week by announcing these new player-focused precons. So I'm actually really hyped about this. I think this is like a really important product line to potentially give new players a some sort of competitive ish but a little bit watered down style of commander pre-gun that maybe they can use to learn and get into the format with but what do you guys think of the idea of starter commander decks i think the idea of it is sweet i love that um i'm kind of curious what the deck lists are uh like yeah. I, I i feel like yeah like the the pre-cons and whatnot like that that kind of exists now aren't too bad but that's because i'm obviously an enfranchised player uh but like i don't know i mean i feel like the starter decks right now aren't that bad so i'm kind of curious what these are loaded with then is it just vanilla you Grizzly know bears oh. <laughs> yeah like like oh god is it just two twos <laughs> with like a tarka world render as your top end uh like i i'm kind of curious so they they look like they'd be fun though i like the etched full art kind of like look to them Please don't make these rainbow foil. I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe rainbow foils are the business. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I mean, other than that, I mean, is this not just, is this really any different than any of the pre-cons that already exist? I'm curious to just see how they play. Like the, the commanders themselves are pretty straightforward. So I do like that. And this seems like a great starting point. What's the like price point of these as well? Yeah, well, there's I, still a lot we don't know as far as price point or deck list, but go, go ahead, Richard. I like the theory, but these don't seem like starter decks to me, right? Look at, like, Atarka. Flying Trample, whenever Dragon you Control attacks, give it Double Strike. There's, like, three abilities. There's no reminder text, right, because it's the foil-edged version. Like, what is Flying? What is Trample? Like, as a new player, I'm trying to remember, like, upkeep, draw, attack, like, what's combat? Like, this I'm is all these trying to figure out how to tap my mana. Yeah, I like. I would assume they would be like really monocolored decks, um, very few abilities, and if there is an ability, there would be reminder text for it, right? Like, what is flying? I don't know, right? Like, flying creatures can only be blocked by other flying creatures, right? So it's a little weird, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they like inject good cards in here to get existing players to buy them, so that you give them to your friends. Or is it actually meant for new players where you just show up at Walmart, buy it for 20 bucks or whatever, and then play? Yeah, I think price point will also be important. I'm hoping they're they're a little bit cheaper because I think that's the other thing. It's going to be tough to get someone brand new to buy a $50 pre-con or whatever they're going for now. But if these are cheaper and 20 bucks and simplified, it could serve a purpose at least. But I think it is a good point that some of these cards are 
they're not definitely not vanilla <laughs> so we'll see what wizards considers new player friendly or starter friendly with these decks as we uh get going but anyway i think those were all of our big topics for today oh wait no we're missing Seth, one huge forgot. topic for today oh my goodness oh, yeah the waiting all podcast for yes. Seth. <laughs> uh, all right well uh you, one, person. there's one more yes. there, <laughs> There's one more bit of news about Brothers War, which is uh, we're yes. Universes Beyond X yes. Transformers in the set. They are coming in set boosters in the slot that sometimes has Universes Beyond cards or other special cards, but actual Transformer cards. 15 of them. Richard, why don't you give us an example or two of what these cards are like? Because they're all formatted kind of uh, kind of right. similarly. I don't know what Transformers are, Seth. We have Converters. Yes. <laughs> converters. Because Watsy could not put Transform on these cards. They're all double-sided cards, okay? There's 15 of them. Uh, I'll give you Optimus Prime. So Optimus Prime, hero. Three blue, red, white. So six converted mana. Four, eight, legendary artifact creature, robot. The ability is more than meets the eye. Two blue, red, white. You may cast this card converted for two blue. Uh, red, white. At the beginning of each end step, bolster one. When Optimus Prime dies, return it to the battlefield converted under its <laughs> owner's control. The backside, of course, is Optimus Prime, Autobot leader, 6-8, living metal as long as it's your turn. This vehicle is also a creature. Trample, whenever you attack, bolster two. The chosen creature uh, gains trample until end of turn. When that creature deals combat damage to a player this turn, convert Optimus Prime. Okay, that's sick. <laughs> I, that's a lot of that's a lot of words and a lot of things. <laughs> but like, okay, that's so cool. Um, and, and and the fact that we finally have an Optimus card that you know like isn't I guess like I I, I think there's another Optimus card right but I don't know if it's like official or if it's like even real but like uh, I, I love this I've been waiting to see some Transformers cards I feel like with Hasbro just being the owner of like you know Wizards and all that or whatever uh, this this was something that was bound to happen eventually Um, I, I really really like these cards I think they're very flavorful I, except for one thing I like. I mean, I we'll wait till we get to that card. But I, I, I think Optimus is a sweet, sweet <laughs> commander, and I can't wait to build around Optimus. I yeah, mean, so, so these these are legal in Commander, right? They're, they're eternal, coming in, eternal legal. Yeah, they're they're coming in Brothers War. If you want to make a legacy deck, you can um, convert is transform, right? At any time, you can just pay to transform. Um, oh, sort of. You can cast it. It's kind of like MDFCs, I think. More like MDFCs. Oh, so you can cast the backside. You can cast the backside or the front okay, side, okay. yeah. Oh, but so once Optimus deals damage, he just turns back to the front and can never transform again? Uh, Well, when he dies, then it will convert Oh, when he dies. Again. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, they each okay, have some okay. other trigger way of converting once they're on the battlefield. So you can cast them either side from your hand, and then they'll flip back and forth based on whatever condition as the game goes along. So what's weird is Grimlock, the, the silver-boarded card, actually says yeah. transform on it with the little, the little registered trademark symbol. But for whatever reason, Wizards of the Coast could not get Hasbro to give them transform to make these cards make some kind of sense, but it's it's convert, um, or is it because it conflicts with the existing transform mechanic? I'm actually, sure. I'm actually I'm or, looking at Grimlock right now, and Grimlock also says convert, pay to convert a Transformers toy you own. The backside convert a Transformers toy you own. Is this a Transformers thing? It's, I don't really know Transformers. Is like, I is this actually like, Transform on it? All right, now I gotta look it up. Yeah, I, yeah, just, looked like, it, I just looked it up on this site called mtgoldfish.com, and uh, <laughs> it appears. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know Transformers. That's uh, I didn't have TV when I was growing up, so I never got to enjoy the experience of Transformers as a kid, but. I'm assuming that's actually sure no they're doing convert. it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call them converters. I know that they are called transformers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this right. is correct. <laughs> so the, the, there's, there's bad, two versions. Right? Okay, so there, there's 15 transformers, 
And there's two versions of each card. There's the normal version, which has like 90s looking cartoon art on it. And then there's Shattered Glass, which is like some CG looking version. And uh, the cards are very purpley, uh, which I totally disagree with because it makes it look Decepticon-ish, even though some of these are Autobots. Yeah. Um, and then the, the cards are, in case you're wondering if your favorite converter is here, uh, Arky, Blaster, Blitzwing, Cyclonus, Flame War, Wait, Gold Wait, isn't it RC? It's RC, RC? right? And that, that's know. what I thought. I've, I've always called uh, like yeah, that one RC. I've never, I've never actually encountered this transformer in my uh, <laughs> in my cartoon viewing. Uh, Goldbug, Jetfire, Megatron, Optimus Prime, Prowl, Ratchet, Slicer, Soundwave, Starscream, and Ultra Magnus. And uh, Soundwave makes uh, makes Ravage tokens, so uh, that's that's pretty sweet. No! A Ravage token. Okay, can, can, okay. Since you mentioned it, I didn't want to jump ahead. You said the name. Now I can talk about a few of them. Okay, like I am so excited for Soundwave. <laughs> I am so excited for Soundwave and the little tokens that he makes. Hold he on, becomes the. Out. I I've I've always loved Soundwave just because you know he is like he kind of just becomes like a a boombox, right? Like that's how sick is that? If you're um, watching, if you're watching on YouTube, here's my little. My little retro sound wave. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, wait, nice. is the best toy ever because he pops out and you get like little cassettes. Yeah, and they transform. Chest. It's so sick. Oh I absolutely goodness. love that. Uh, I am definitely building a commander deck around Soundwave, and it's an Esper, so you love to see it. But <laughs> like that—that is—that is like my favorite Decepticon, and the other one that I was kind of surprised to see was that Megatron was Mardu and not Grixis. <laughs> what? We're going deep. We're going deep on We're our Grixisms. Wait, 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 wait. But how is Megatron not Grixis? Like How's he I, I am. I, I I don't. I mean, he's, he's how's he white? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Should there be white in here? That that's what I'm saying. I feel like the white is out of place. That's why I really think that, like, if it were Grixis, that'd be great. I mean, you have Naya, you have Esper, you have Jeskai. I guess if you have Grixis, that'd be, a, like, another, like, I guess most of them would be blue-based or have blue in them. But I don't know. I mean, I thought there would have been at least something in Grixis for, for Megatron or that maybe that's Unicron. I don't know. But the, the thing here is I'm surprised it's not that. I feel like they... I don't know enough Transformer lore, but all the three color ones have white in them. I wonder if that's, I wonder if they felt like they had to all be white for some reason. Are they all good guys? Is that, I, is there some, they're like, um, whatever, righteous and moral or something. Megatron is, you know, for the most part, uh, I would like to say a villain. Uh, (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) I don't see many situations where Megatron is a good dude. There's, I think... Is it uh, like Magneto, where it's like bad but for other people but he's trying to do something good for is, his decepticons i don't remember the lore of transformers anymore i remember them stealing like power cubes and fighting <laughs> over power cubes all day i don't actually remember what the plot was of transformers wow like 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 megatron's like, actually out here trying to rule planets right <laughs> like, so, like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like that <laughs> magneto is definitely a a very very good villain whatever but but like Megatron is just flat out cookie cutter, like, you know, twirling of the mustache, tie you to some train tracks, right? Like, so, <laughs> like, like this, this is, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, I, I think this is a really sweet drop. Um, I think they've done a good job with the majority of them. I was a little bit confused a bit with, like, about what more than meets the eye does on uh, how it works. But for the most part, uh, other than that, it, it looks sweet. The, the thing that Richard had mentioned, though, is that the alternate art where everything's in purple border yeah i don't i don't understand that they all look like decepticons like like optimus does not optimus straight up looks like a decepticon why and and they they also should have you know the the guild marks that they they do when we go to ravnica like yeah yeah. they should have added that emblem of decepticons or autobots to the cars as well Uh, i'm not sure why didn't do that. And also, 90s Richard is shattered because Megatron transforms into a tank nowadays. <laughs> he's been 
He's been retconned yeah. into a tank. Like <laughs> he used to be a gun that Starscream used to shoot. Yep. But yep. Maybe with gun violence and whatnot like that, that was changed. He's now a tank. So that that was a little confusing for me. Although although yeah, he was like a laser blasting thing, right? Like yeah. like I but yeah, like I don't know. He looked like like Han Solo's little blaster. But yeah, I I I like the tank change. I think the tank change makes sense because that's kind of whack if like everyone becomes a car and it's like that know. was funny because Starscream would always just wield him. <laughs> yeah, I mean yes, but we are see the funny thing here is I think Starscream already exists in the uh, the the magic universe and Starscream is pretty much what Tezzeret is, right? Like, <laughs> like like I I I don't know. I mean I'm excited to see also how the like Starscream plays out. Starscream is such a cool card. He's such so, a so, cool so. card. So I have a question for you guys. So this is coming. In, this is not a secret layer, right? You can't yeah. buy it. It's coming yeah. in Brothers War set and collector boosters, and I also think bundles will have something. But how expensive will these be? Like you're now competing, and you have to compete in this lottery, and like Transformers fans will come and buy them, and like there's not this like print to like you know sufficient quantity that we we have for secret layer right like what what is this gonna do for prices um well according to the way the everybody's been responding to this uh news on twitter and whatnot uh no one wants to buy uh brothers war anymore so (laughs) (laughs) what this is ruining my game i i I thought this is perfect for like 90s boomers like this this should fall in line with like street fighter or i don't know actually don't like transformers if you just read the announcement, like like tweet, and you just read the replies, it's one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. Like, it, like people act like like someone walked in and drop kicked their dog. Like, like I'm just like, I, <laughs> and I'm just like laughing hysterically. So if according to them, wait, so you can open this in your normal booster pack? Sorry, this ruins my 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 experience. I'm not buying any Brothers War anymore. And so if that's the case, these are going to be very expensive. I mean, isn't it a little weird that they're in Magic Booster packs alongside, like, I don't know. To me, it's a little weird just because Wizards is like, oh, we can't reprint this card people desperately need because it doesn't quite match the flavor of the plane we're going to. And they're like, hey, Brothers War, Transformers. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Like, either just reprint what you need and say, you know, screw the flavor or don't print Transformers in one of your flavorful sets. Today, Transformers never trust PR talk Wizards of the Coast. (laughs) But, like, even, even that in mind, like i think transformers make sense right like it, it, it totally it totally works it's a how it's does it make sense for the plane. brothers war it's I'm, it's an it's artifact, an artifact set, so you think that yeah. like as mishra and ursa were, were battling it out there were just like transformers converting <laughs> converting all around them that's the lore? i mean yeah why why not <laughs> like i i think the lore in magic is already mostly nonsense anyways right <laughs> so why not throw throw that in there so <laughs> i mean <laughs> So, okay, to bring it back. So, I do think it is weird that they input the insert this into a standard set. But, like, I feel bad for Transformers fans. Like, if you just wanted Transformer cards, now you have to buy, like, random set and collector boosters. Like, you can't just get them, right? Like, I don't care about magic cards, right? I just want my Transformers, right? So, that's weird. So, like... I guess if the net of this is the price would be cheaper than if you were to buy a secret layer, then I guess that's good, right? But if the net of this is like Optimus is like, you know, $100 or something, then I think that's pretty bad. Uh, But remember, this is going into Brothers War, which has the schematics and the, the, the X of 500 cards and whatever, right? So... Maybe the Chase Mythic will be, you know, five cents in standard. All the pricing will be eaten up by these cards and like magic players will be net happy. I'm not sure. I uh, it's I, a very interesting experiment. I don't think the prices will be too out of control. Like there's not a big history of these set booster exclusives being super expensive. Like Goshen Times Life's Origins is one of the twenty-ish most played commanders, and that's like five or eight bucks depending on where you get it and that was a set booster exclusive so unless maybe there's just like millions of transformers fans that are going to come in and like snag up these cards and i guess that could drive up the price but my initial thought would be these cards aren't going to be prohibitively expensive they're not going to be you know a hundred dollars a piece or something i i would hope not and maybe the reason they're doing this is 
if you sell a Walking Dead secret lair drop to Walking Dead fans, all you're really doing is getting them, you know, getting money from them. But if you actually make Transformers fans go and buy booster packs, they're actually getting some magic cards too. Maybe it increases the odds of those people actually experimenting with the game or trying the trying out the game. Maybe that's what Wizards is going for by putting them in normal packs instead of selling them by themselves. No, what's happening here is that Wizards is letting you know what's going to happen for the next universe is beyond set. We have Lord of the Rings, whatever. That's a Kaka series. So we're going to go ahead and, and let that, that, yeah, I know, I said it again. Oh, uh, like, we're just going to let that set, like, sail into the sunset. But then the set eventually, somewhere down the line, let it be Transformers, please. <laughs> then, like, oh my God, please give me the the universes beyond Transformers set. I want my, I, I want to see them. All. I want to see them reprint Grimlock. I want to see them get all like throwing Beast Wars with it. Uh, get all of that together. Just give me all of that in one set. So <laughs> I feel this it, is all fun and games as long as people like the IP. Like wait until Monopoly comes or something, right? Or <laughs> like I don't know what IP Hasbro owns that we don't like. Yeah, uh, I guess Fortnite. Like, imagine Fortnite being inserted into standard, right? People will go ballistic. So, but at the know, same I'm time, we're being it. conditioned, right? Like, people will slow. They, first, we're like, oh my god, Lord of the Rings in in modern, that's ridiculous, right? Or like Secret Layer in Legacy, that's ridiculous, right? Now we're like, eh, set boosters, it's okay, right? Transformers, uh, they're vehicles, and they're Tazbro, <laughs> you know, like it, it's getting there. They're wearing us down, and. I think it will be hugely successful, actually. I think Where I'm going to buy all the Transformers. Oh, and I think yeah. a lot of people will just buy them for the cards. I think this may be the better gimmick than the schematics for the set, right? Like, yeah, seriously. Set, set schematics of like, eh, of like yeah. Transformers. Oh my goodness, right? Like, Soundwave, yeah. Give me those tokens. Oh my. How, many, how, many, how many set boosters do I need to buy to mathematically get these? Like, what do I need to do here? Uh, we don't we don't know the distribution yet, so we'll have to see how frequently they show up. Let us know what you think. If you're someplace where you can comment, what do you, what do you think about uh, these cards and how they're being released? I'm really curious what the overall thought is. To me, they all seem safe, though. Like, I guess that's the good news. I don't think oh, any of these of look... <laughs> none of them look especially There's strong. There's too much text there. to understand anything. Yeah. I just look at the pictures. <laughs> can't, can't read all that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, but, yeah, they seem like I, you can build a commander deck around them, but we're not going to see any of these be, like, legacy staples or even stuff that shows up a ton in commander, I don't think. There's not a dock side or anything like that among these guards. <laughs> some things, Do you think some these things make that it I... into alchemy? <laughs> oh please god yes I, uh, like, like you know how god, wizards like yes. just took commander legends boulders gate and just like jammed it into yeah. <laughs> arena they, i mean they, they could. will there be an optimist in transformation or i mean converting uh noise gar, 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 like like that stuff like <laughs> i mean i i these cards are sweet except for there are a few misses i'm surprised there's no meld <laughs> or or something like that. I guess none of these exactly merge together, so that wouldn't work. That's why we need a whole set. And on top of that, they're kind of doing the whole arcane thing that I I, I they, they did better this time around than they did with the arcane secret layer. The arcane secret layer was a bunch of literal just screenshots, and yeah. like the characters are miniature, super small, and like you can't really tell where like you know like like is this a card or is this just like you made this proxy? Um, these do a better job, but like. Maybe they look better in person, but some of this artwork does literally just feel like they screen capped it and pasted it onto a card. That's Except the exact for, reason eh. I like them. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> maybe 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 that's cool, but like I find like that's kind of like comic. Is it actually screen capped? Someone someone who's watched like every animated episode of Transformers are these actually screen caps or did they just like redraw them? Uh, I, I feel like these have to be screen caps because I swear I've seen like that. <laughs> like I've definitely seen like like Megatron fire that blaster. Maybe that's just such a generic scene. But like look at Soundwave. I swear I've seen Soundwave do that. That's uh, that's what we want though, right? Like if I don't really care about Transformers, but if it was like uh, NBA Jam Secret Lair Drop or something I knew and liked Woo! a lot and they did like their new reinterpretation of it and it didn't look the same, I would... That would turn me off to the idea of it. Okay, uh, okay. So like, Seth, if the art Seth. was not the same, yeah. So, so if they made a Buffalo Bill secret layer, you would rather them have just a screenshot of Josh Allen or an art version of Josh Allen? 
Like, well, like, these are already art versions. It's tough. It's, like, Josh Allen's like a real person. I wouldn't want a photo of Josh Allen. That would be a little bit, a little bit strange. I don't but. know. It feels like it would just be like if it were a photo of Josh Allen, <laughs> like right, as opposed to actually. <laughs> I think you need the nostalgia though. Like if if it didn't look like the '80s cartoon or whatever, I think that that really defeats a lot of the nostalgia purpose of it. Probably that's that's totally fair, and I and I could see that, and I think that's why there's that weird purple border or whatever the shattered glass the, version is. Yeah, but those are just awkward. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, those also don't feel right. <laughs> but yeah. Just minor things, minor things. Otherwise, I think this will be really cool. They're all, like, super not good. So, like, they're, they're like, pretty, pretty tame. So, I don't know. Yeah. We, we need one to break into Legacy and, like, dominate the Ooh. Legacy metagame. And then Wizards will have to bring it to Magic Online. And then they have to make the Magic version of it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I want to see them, like, actually put this to use. Because, like, oh, we can reprint them with Magic names and stuff if we need to. Like, I want to see them actually do it. Uh, but I don't know if any, I don't know if Transformers is it. It's it's gonna happen eventually, but I, I'm not sure that Transformers is the universe is beyond that gets there. But sooner Maybe or later, you know, button. they're gonna they're gonna mess up and it's gonna be <laughs> print a broken card in one of these sets. Maybe it's Goldbug. That's the closest one. Yeah, like I think but, Goldbug has to be the closest one to being, I guess, like sixty card constructible. Like I guess constructed could, like, played. Ah, uh, yeah. Try to vile it into play in a human stack or something the backside's like kind of legit against force of will i guess you can't be countered yeah. in human spells but still yeah, yeah. Hmm. anyway we're going uh super long today so that's transformers uh let us know what you think in the comments if you can comment where you're listening i don't think we can actually get to fish mail today we had way too much to talk about but richard if people want to send in fish mail for next week how should they go about that all right, queue up your fish mail on Twitter with the hashtag MTGFishmail uh, at MTGGoldfish, and we'll get to your questions next week. And that brings us to the end of episode 401 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Graham, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting this show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a lovely week, everyone. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.